I'm going to invite you to return to your seats. Hopefully your kids are set up. Some of those conversations you will no doubt enjoy after the service. Glad to hear everyone mingling well. couple announcements, several announcements. Um, one, don't forget that there are baby bottles at the back. Please grab those, fill them with change or a check or some cash for the Pregnancy Care Center. They do good work in this city, and this is a way of supporting them. And by supporting them, supporting a whole bunch of um, mostly young moms, but also some young dads as well, and a whole lot of babies who need some help. So please, please make sure you take some of those home, put it on your counter as a good reminder that I need to be filling this thing up and also praying for that organization and the people they support. Reminder that next Sunday, we're having an author and pastor speaker come to speak with us, um, share with us that morning. Uh, his name is Roger Helland. He just re- released a new book called Pursuing God's Presence, and he's going to be talking to us about God's presence. So I invite you to come back for that. It's going to be a really good morning. We're really looking forward to having him. So please come, invite some friends, and we're going to enjoy hearing more about what he has not only learned, because he's been a seminary prof, he's been a pastor, he's been a bunch of different things. It's, it's not only that we're going to hear what he's learned, we're going to see and hear what he's experienced as well. And so that's all part of this. Uh, if we're just going to talk about God's presence, that's not going to get us very far. Uh, I want to learn from people who have been in God's presence because I want to be in it more. So come, let's learn what we can and enjoy it and, and step into what God's offering us. Speaking of stepping into what God's offering us, um, one of the highlights of my week this week was sitting down with Joel and Sandra and Dallas Kadju, who's, who texted me and said, I need to talk to you about baptism. And so Dallas is getting baptized on June 11th, which is Father's Day. So make sure you come back um, before June 11th, but also on June 11th. And we are going to be... I, we're going to talk about baptism that day, but then we're going to head down to the river. She asked to be dunked in the cold, cold Red Deer River. And so we're going to do that on June 11th. If some of you guys are still considering baptism and want to talk more about it, there is time for us to do that. Remember that baptism is not sort of like, oh, I've reached a certain point in my Christian walk, and now this is probably my next step. No, baptism is your last step, okay? Because baptism is where you die to self and get raised with Christ. And it's the funeral. It's after being raised with Christ, it's the new birth. All right, my life is no longer my own. I'm a new creation now, and it's the wedding ceremony as well. So you better be ready to die to self, be raised to new life, and make a commitment to Jesus that I'm I'm with you for the rest of my life. It's that kind of it's that kind of serious thing we're talking about. And that's what Dallas said. Yeah, I'm signing up. I'm all in. So make sure that you bless her by saying, you know what, you have encouraged me in taking this step. And if you are considering taking that step, please. Uh, reach out, let's talk, because there's more room in the river. Let's pray. Lord, thank you for the work that you are doing among us. Thank you um, for the the joy that it has been to hear some of Dallas's story, and I look forward to her sharing that with us soon. Thank you for the, the ways that you are speaking to people and changing lives and showing how real and personal and present and verbal you are and how deeply loving you are. We have sung that and celebrated it this morning. We, 
we are anticipating stepping into that in, in increasing ways, even as we move through the remainder of this service. So we have invited your presence. Would you open us up to awareness of how you are speaking and what you are doing now? I pray that your scriptures would come alive to us. You have breathed life into them. So awaken us to the life that you offer because we want more of you. Have your way. In Jesus' name, amen. I'm actually going to start by inviting the kids to come up. So um, could I have the kids come forward and just take up these, a couple of these rows here? And we're going we're gonna to chat for a couple of minutes. So could I have the kids come up? Um, yeah, you too, Ellie. Kids and Ellie. <laughs> come on up. Hey, guys. Your job out there is actually to pray for these kids, okay? So would you close your eyes, because I'm going to have a conversation with these kids, and then they're going to have a conversation with God. Your job is not to observe them. Your job is to pray for them, okay? Would you do that for me, please? Okay. Thanks for coming up, guys. I don't normally do this, and some people are way better at it than me, so help me out, okay? Cool. Where, do, where would you find your parents relaxing at your house? I don't mean like sleeping in their beds. I mean like where would you find them just relaxing and doing their own thing, reading a book or looking on their phone or doing something like that? The couch? Do they have like a particular chair or something? Just the couch? What about you guys? Do they have a special chair? Does mom or dad always go to the same spot? Yeah? On the same chair. Yep. Some of you guys, you have parents that are in always the same spot, and that's where you know you can find them relaxing. When they're there, do you, are you ever nervous at all about going to talk to them? The answer is no, but okay. <laughs> when you talk to your parents, is it ever hard or is it pretty easy because you know that they love you? It's pretty easy. They love you, don't they? Yeah. So you know that you can go and meet them at that spot and it's going to be a good conversation, right? because you trust them, you love them, and you know that they love you. I know you guys have circled around on this verse before, as you guys have done this in kids' church, right? So I want you to, to do this for us this morning and show us a little bit about how you've done it downstairs. We're gonna, I'm going to ask you to go and see your heavenly Father at the place where he sits in his home, Okay? Because the Bible says that we can approach the throne of grace with confidence. Who sits on the throne? God sits on the throne, right? And we can go there without being nervous at all. So what we're going to do is we're going to enter into a prayer time. We're going to ask you guys to go and approach the throne of grace. Okay, so would you close your eyes? 
We're given pictures of God on the throne in Scripture. Do you see God on the throne? Picture him there. And he's welcoming you. You get to go there confidently. Not the least bit nervous. Because he loves you. Say hello. You've been telling him you love him. Tell him you love him again. Now I want you to ask him to speak to you. Just say, Lord, what would you like to say to me? How many of you guys were able to to see God in a way that felt like I met him there? How many of you? Okay. Eight out of eight? Okay. He met you. How many of you guys felt like you might have heard him say something back to you? One, two, three, in just a couple of seconds. How many of you, he didn't say something verbally, but maybe he showed you something? Four, five, six. Do any of you want to share what you heard or sensed or felt? So, why don't you close your eyes and ask him, should I share this? Or is that just for me? What did he say? Was it just for you or was it to, to speak out loud? Was it just for you or to speak out loud? Just for you? Yeah. Just for you? I heard Jesus um, say right to me that I am loved very much by him and by his 
Well done, Ellie. Thank you. Anyone else? He asked, he asked me if I was in. If you're in, then what? <laughs> he asked you if you were in. So he's keeping a conversation going with you. But he told you that you should share that. Okay. So what you have is homework now, right? To keep a conversation going. Anyone else did he tell you to share? Thanks for praying for our, our kids, you guys. You can open your eyes. I'm going to tell you guys, could you guys let them know that they did a good job? Okay. You, you guys can go back to your seats. Thank you very much. Well done. I know it's not easy. And I know you probably won't come up again the next time I call. <laughs> but I'm not going to make this a weekly thing. We had, we had eight kids up here, nine with Rosalind, but she was a distraction. Um, eight kids up here and seven or eight out of eight heard something from God. Like that. Okay? When one person hears something from God, you know, this is new to us, Right? This is still new to us. And when it's one person, that's an anomaly. When it's two people, that's a coincidence. What do you call like 90 or 100%? You call that something that God's doing in a really big way. And you should probably start extrapolating that down the road for what their relationship with Jesus is going to look like in 10 years. Because that's our job to learn how to shepherd people who are already hearing his voice. And most of them, except for Ellie and Sophia, are you in high school yet? No. Ellie's the only one in high school. You're not in high school? You're just so mature, it seems like it to me. You're in grade nine, right? Sorry, that's my Ontario brain. We think of high school as grade nine. My apologies. They're not even in high school yet. Friends, our job, our job description as parents in a church, as a church, is changing. And this is the evidence of it changing because we are entrusted with the responsibility to shepherd people who are learning to hear the voice of God. And it didn't take much. And, and you know that the more that they do that, the more their hearing is going to increase. And yes, they will hear encouraging things, but then they'll start to hear other things for other people and for the church and for what's going on out there. And we're going to have to learn to step into that 
which means we have some remedial work to do for those of us who, who are a little slow on learning to hear the voice of God, because I include myself in that, because this was all new to me until God started speaking to one of my kids, and I started meeting some other people who are hearing God's voice, and I realized I, I was behind. And it's my job to make sure that my kids get discipled in such a way that they, that they grow with the gifts that God is giving them. Sorry, I'm still just a little bit amazed at how that worked because I was told by God, do this, but I wasn't sure if it was going to work. So I, I'm just living in the, oh, that was risky, and oh, good, it worked. So excuse me, sorry. I do not have this all together. Okay, thank you, Lord. One of the things that, um, as I was asking the Lord about this passage, today. He said, what's the goal? What's the goal of the passage? And, you know, I looked at the passage and Jesus ends with abundant life. (laughs) We all want abundant life, right? As in more than we currently have. How are you going to get abundant life? Learn to hear the voice of God. You're going to hear that in this passage. This, what I will, as, as we step into the voice of God this morning, that this is not the only application to this passage, but it is a major one. And so that's where we are going to park. You want abundant life? Learn to hear the voice of God. Those are not my notes. I'll give you an example of how the voice of God is showing up these days, not just with these kids, although the first story is with Marcus. So the other day, this is a funny story. You were laughing. Okay. So the other, this was a couple of weeks ago and um, Marcus had got a stain on on one of his clothes. I'm not sure what it was, Um, but it was a, it was a colored shirt and he got a stain on it. And so he'd taken it downstairs so he could um, use, you know, resolve stain remover or whatever on it to get ready to throw it into the wash. And he, he heard God say, Marcus, do you want to turn your shirt white? And he said, no, because it's a colored shirt. God said, well, then you might wa- not want to use the bleach cleaner you're currently holding. <laughs> That's funny. Come on, guys. God's voice is showing up in just interesting ways. Like that. Let me tell you a serious one. A couple of weeks ago, we were sitting at the back, the, uh, the, the group that goes out on Sunday nights. And um, after we'd finished our prayer time, uh, Suzanne Burnett came up to me. It's pointing over there. You normally sit over there. Okay. Suzanne Burnett came up to me and said, um, Ben, as you were preaching this morning, I know I'm normally paying attention, but I heard God say, like, out of the blue, like, the word wait. And she's like, does that mean anything to you? And I said, yeah, actually, I had just written a report two days ago, or yesterday. I just written and sent my report into council and said, I felt like I was carrying a weight 
We'd had a number of people leave. That was just, it was, it was heavy on me. And um, I said, I used that exact word. And she said, well, can we just pray for you now? And she just got a whole bunch of people around me and they all laid hands on me and they just prayed for me. You know what? That was so special to me. Not just the fact that people got around me when there was a need, but that God cared enough to tell someone else who he knew would do something about it. That's what blessed me the most. It was like God saying, I see you, Ben. And I know that things are hard right now. I see you. That was really special. I'll tell you another one. Uh, a different time, that same group, but a different time. Um, Noah had been teaching us how to hear God's voice, and we were just doing different exercises. And so one of them was to write down um, what you think God is saying to this other person. So um, uh, Elijah Kadu, I have his permission to share this. Elijah Kadu wrote, wrote this for me. Started off with Psalm 23. Even though I walk through the darkest valley, I will fear no evil, for you are with me. Your rod and staff protect, protect and comfort me. Psalm 23. And then he wrote, you have a spirit of courage and bravery. This is what he's hearing from the Lord. You have a spirit of courage and bravery, even if you can't always see it. Your faith is strong and, you will, and will continue to make you a leader. And I was going through a really good time when I got this. So I, could, I was like, oh, okay. Elijah's trying. And that's awesome. And I, I celebrate that. You know how things turned after that? Like things just got really hard in the upcoming days and weeks. But I kept this because it was another form of God saying, I see you and I know what you're about to go through. And I put this on my wall because it meant so much to me that someone else heard God speaking for me and shared it with me because God was once again saying, I see you. I know it's not easy. Here you go. You will get through this. It blessed me. So thank you so much, Elijah. And thank you for giving me the permission to share that story because again, just like our, our younger people up here, we have a younger person who, who is learning to hear God's voice and is blessing people with that because that's what this is all about. It's not just abundant life for us. It's abundant life for the others who need it. That's what God is doing here. Our job description is changing. Our discipleship is broadening because we have to learn how to recognize, but we also learn, have to learn how to steward and help others grow. So would you go with me to John 10? Jesus is speaking. He says, very truly, I tell you, anyone who does not enter the sheepfold by the gate, but climbs in by another way is a thief and a bandit. The one who enters by the gate is the shepherd of the sheep. The gatekeeper opens the gate for him, and the sheep hear his voice. He calls his own sheep by name and leads them out. When he has brought out all of his own, he goes ahead of them, and the sheep follow him because they know his voice. 
They will not follow a stranger, but they will run from him because they do not know the voice of strangers. Jesus used this figure of speech with them, but they did not understand what he was saying to them. So Jesus said to them, again, very truly I tell you, I am the gate for the sheep. All who came before me are thieves and bandits, but the sheep did not listen to them. I am the gate. Whoever enters by me will be saved and will come in and go out and find pasture. The thief comes only to steal and kill and destroy. I have come that they may have life and have it abundantly. This is the word of the Lord. Thanks be to God. Let me remind you that you are a sheep if you have responded to Jesus. Not whether or not you have learned to hear and recognize his voice in the ways that we have demonstrated this morning. Okay? God speaks in many, many, many different ways. So if you have said, I love Jesus, I've given my life to Jesus, I follow Jesus, you heard one form of him calling you. Okay? My sheep hear my voice and they respond. My sheep hear my voice. So as we then talk about an application of of the fact that God speaks, my sheep hear my voice. Don't let that become, for those of you who have still struggled with learning to recognize what he is speaking to you, don't let that become something that becomes a discouragement to you that actually causes you to question whether or not you know Jesus. You've heard his voice if you have responded and said, I'm in, I'm following you. Is that clear? If you know Jesus, you've heard at least one form of him speaking to you, drawing him, drawing you to him, right? But he speaks in many different ways, and he doesn't only speak to draw us to him. He continues to speak that he might lead us. And it's not always the same way he speaks. So we're about learning to recognize the voice that he continues to speak to us. But don't let it, as you grow in the recognition of all of the different ways that he speaks, don't let that undermine your faith in, well, maybe I don't actually know Jesus because I haven't recognized some of the other directions yet. Okay? So today we're talking about an application of, I've heard his voice because I love Jesus. And now I want to recognize that voice in ongoing ways. If you have been with me as we've led different... um, listening prayer times. A lot of today is going to be repetition, um, but I, I hope that something, um, something will still grab you and you can say, no, I'm going, to learn, I'm going to learn and focus on this particular aspect of it um, because there, there's still more for us to step into. Okay? There are, God's not going to speak to you in just one way. Okay. Look again at verse 3 and 4. Speaking of the shepherd, the sheep hear his voice. He calls his own sheep by name and leads them out. How does God lead? He, He calls. He speaks. He leads them out. When he has brought out all his own, he goes ahead of them, and the sheep follow him because they know his 
voice. How does God lead his people? According to the Bible. By his, his voice. If we are going to be people who are led by the spirit, it means learning to recognize all of the different ways that he speaks in order that we might follow the shepherd we have already said we love and we're following. This is crucial because you can be a good Christian in a sense of, I've given my life to Jesus. I read the scriptures. I got baptized. I, I, I live a good moral life. I try to obey the commands. I try to live and walk like Jesus. You can do all of that and have never developed a sensitivity for how God is leading in the moment. So this is about, yes, we have the scriptures, but the scriptures provide the broad area in which we live our Christian life. But the leading is within that, right? Some of you have land, right? You got a fence around your land. Some of you raise or have raised cows or cattle, what a, you know, livestock of some way, right? You, you give them a certain area in which to play, but then it's up to them where they go. But if you want to lead them somewhere within that space, they're going to have to learn to follow, right? That's what we're talking about. Within the broad, um, within the broad bounds of Scripture, God leads us. We're being led as a church in a certain direction because he's speaking. I want to be someone who is sensitive to everything God wants to say to me. So that's what we're talking about today. Now, how does God speak? When we talk about God's voice, voice is just a way of saying he communicates, right? Sometimes it's words, but sometimes it's pictures, God speaks in a whole variety of ways. So yes, words. Sometimes I get words, but it's not like audible in my ear. It's more like the impression of words. Like a word comes to mind, right? So don't think, like when I said that, uh, about when I was in my office this morning and I, I heard God say, what's the goal? That, that wasn't something audible. It was just sort of a, a brief sort of sentence that was there. God speaks with words. And he generally generally whispers. Because God gave us free will, and, and the, the, the louder the voice, in a sense, the, the less choice you have in it. So God tends to whisper that he might respect our, the way that he's made us. Will you respond? Will you not? Okay. So he speaks with words. He speaks with pictures. And pictures come in a variety of different forms. Sometimes it's just an image in your mind. I'm not talking about you actually seeing anything out there with your eyeballs. Sometimes you get an impression of a picture out there. Sometimes it's just something in your head. Sometimes you do actually see something with your eyes. I've had all three of those. I've had the the picture in my mind with my eyes closed. I've actually seen something that was there and wasn't there. And then I have actually a couple of times seen something that wasn't there, but God made it visible to my eyes, right? God speaks. That's, again, God's voice, right? One of the ways that he speaks, right? God often speaks through emotions or impressions or conviction or sort of an internal knowing or a nudge. I kind of group all of those together. Um, 
you may want to differentiate them. Jeremiah says, I have a burning within my bones, and woe to me if I do not speak it out. There was something inside going on, emotionally, some sort of impression, this sort of, I got to get this out, but what comes out is a prophecy. But it wasn't God saying, Jeremiah, say the following words. It was something landed internally and it became this sort of emotional conviction that had to come out and he had to find a way to articulate what he was feeling, right? So sometimes God leads you emotionally, right? And, and we're all wired differently. So some of you, that's, that's more the primary way that he speaks to you. Sometimes God speaks to us and it's simply he gives you a thought, um, 1 Corinthians 2 says, you have the mind of Christ. We should expect that his thoughts will overlap and invade our thoughts. I have the mind of Christ. I don't access it very well all the time. And I got to work on getting more junk out of my mind and be more settled and attuned to his. But nevertheless, you have the mind of Christ. So learn to recognize thoughts, especially when they come from sort of out of nowhere. Pay attention to that, because he nudges more than he yells. So pay attention to the thoughts. God speaks with circumstances. The whole book of Esther is one big proof text for that. But the Apostle Paul will say in Acts, too, that we tried to go this way, and the Spirit blocked us. We tried to go that way, and we were blocked again. And then we tried to go this way, and then finally God said, go this way instead. But the point was, God spoke through circumstances. And it was, you're, you're trying to go here, and he goes, no, no. But they just got blocked. God speaks through circumstances. Uh, of course, God speaks through Scripture. But once again, Scripture is the broad area in which we play. But then there are other times where as he's leading us, he'll give you a particular Scripture. Whether it's a story or, or a verse. Sometimes it's a verse reference. And you go look it up and go, oh, that. All of this... I've used this analogy before. All of this is learning Braille. Braille, Learning Braille looks like really hard work. And it takes sensitivity to learn Braille. But people learn Braille. You can learn Braille. You can learn to recognize that that thought came from someone else. You can learn to recognize that emotional impulse right now is actually a nudge from God. You can learn to recognize that this isn't just my crazy head giving me this strange picture. You can do it. It takes time, just like it takes time to learn to read. Just take, it takes time to learn Braille, but you can do this. This is for absolutely everyone. This is not simply for the prophets who've been given the gift of prophecy because Acts 2 says that all of God's people will learn to prophesy. All of them. Every single one. So if you're sheep, you can prophesy. Prophecy is nothing more than learning to hear God's voice and then sharing it with others. It is not more mystical than that. That at, at its simplest form, anyone can do. And Acts 2 says it's for everyone. This is your inheritance. Your inheritance is to learn to hear the different ways and recognize the different ways God wants to communicate with you. And we saw it up here with young kids who don't know any of these scriptures. 
anybody can do it, you can do it. This is for you. So what I'm going to do is give you some training wheels. And then we're going to practice this. There's a guy by the name of Mark Verkler. You're reading this book right now, I think. Um, I read this book a couple of years ago. Um, The book is called Four Keys to Hearing God's Voice. This is not a blanket endorsement of Mark Verkler or this entire book, but the four keys are good, right? They're they're worth learning to practice because they they give training wheels. Does everyone need this? Absolutely not. But it's a good place to to start, especially if you've been struggling with this. Here are his four keys. He says that one day, um, he'd been like a Pentecostal pastor for like 10 years who was super frustrated because he'd never heard God's voice, never learned to recognize it. He used to talk to people all the time that said, oh, God told me this and God told me that. And he's like, why can't I hear God? He got super frustrated, 10-year journey. And one day he says, God woke him up in the middle of the night with a booming bass voice saying, get up, I'm going to teach you how to hear my voice. Habakkuk 2 verses 1 to 2. All of that was audible. He said, he went to that and then everything else. And for the rest of his life, he has never once heard the audible voice after that. But what God gave him were the keys to learning the gentler, the the quieter forms of his voice. The ones that I just shared with you, the whispers, the nudges, etc. Okay. Habakkuk 2, 1 to 2. I'll read them. I'll read it for you. It says this. The prophet is speaking and he says, I will stand at my watch post and station myself on the rampart. I will keep watch to see what he will say to me and what he will answer concerning my complaint. Then the Lord answered me and said, write the vision, make it plain on tablets. We're just going to stop there. Those verses have the four keys. So here are the keys. The first one is simply get ready. Prepare yourself. So Habakkuk is told to go stand in a place where he can receive what God is about to show him. Go stand there. So if you want to learn to hear God's voice, it'd be good to make a space and time and you're probably going to need quiet, especially at the beginning. Okay? So get ready. The second, the second one is focus on God. And he'll, Verkler would talk a lot about just focus, focusing on Jesus. Hebrews says, fix your eyes on Jesus. So like I did with the kids, we, we come boldly to the throne of God. Close your eyes and picture yourself going to the throne. Picture Jesus and focus on God then it helps to ask a question. I've just found this helpful. There are times where you just sit there in God's presence and you you attempt to focus on him and that's all good. But if you want to have a conversation, sometimes it's good to initiate a conversation just by asking a question or saying, I need to talk to you about this. So first one is get ready. Second one is focus. The third one he says is flow. Flow with the words or the thoughts or the pictures of whatever comes next. Okay, so all of the different ways that we talked about, whether it's words, pictures, emotions, impressions, convictions, knowing, a nudge, thoughts, scripture, just receive whatever comes. Flow with it. Expect that when you ask someone a question, they will respond. If we start to come more expectantly to God saying, you know what, 
would you please answer me about this? He's a good father. Does he not respond? I, I generally answer my kids when they ask me a question. And I'm not really being sarcastic here. I'm not a great father compared to the, the heavenly father. So we should expect that God is responding when we ask, but it's learning to recognize the ways that he's speaking. Okay. So flow with what you think you are receiving. And then Habakkuk says, and, and write it down. And so that's what Verkler says. Write down whatever it is that you think you are receiving. Put it into a, a sentence or a paragraph. And then when you're done that, and you feel like the flow has stopped, that's when you then go and start to weigh it and test it against Scripture and all that kind of thing. I mean, you don't flow with anything that's obviously sinful, but if you think it's something that, no, this, this isn't obviously sinful, I, it doesn't appear like an answer to me, but I'm going to start with it and see where it goes. You flow with it, you write it down, and then you have something to test, Right? And you know what? It's probably going to be a mixture of you and God, right? But that's where you start to weigh and sift. When you think you've got something, then you take it to someone else. Take it to someone that you respect. We aren't meant to just relate to God in isolation. We are meant to relate to God in a community. And I need you and you need me. So I don't just take everything that I think I'm hearing and go and do it. I start weighing it with people. We talk about it. We process it. And you know what that means? It often means that a lot of the stuff that I think I hear just ends up on a shelf of, I'm not too sure about this. And I log it away for later. I have a big file on my phone. Just make notes one at a time. Just put up there. And then I can search it later on. Keyword, date, image, as I'm reminded of it. Um, had that very recently where I was praying with one of my kids and he said something and it triggered something for me I'd heard before. And I just search it on my phone. Yeah, God said the same thing to me. Oh, so now I'm starting to get some independent confirmation. Right? That kind of thing. Okay? So I'm not blessing or baptizing everything that comes through your mind. I wouldn't do that for my own. Right? But I'm not going to dismiss it either, especially when I've asked my good father for an answer. Right? So it's learning to recognize. So we're going to do this. Um, there should be paper in front of you, pens, notepads, that kind of thing. Right? Would you grab one? Humor me. If you don't have paper, pens, I have some up here. Just wave your hand. I will run it out to you. Does anyone need anything? I want you to close your eyes and quiet yourself. Put yourself into a posture of simply readiness to meet the Lord, to have a conversation with him. Just quiet yourself for a moment. In the quiet space, I'd like you to try to picture Jesus, picture the throne, the one that you are invited to come boldly to. 
as you focus on Jesus, focus on the throne. If he hasn't initiated a conversation, ask a question or start a conversation yourself. As we said, flow with what you think might be coming from God. Write it down, and as you write, more may come. Okay, let's stop there. If you wrote something down, then what you have is something to continue praying about. You have something to go and say, where do I find something in scripture that relates to this? You have an opportunity to continue a conversation about that with someone that you respect, but you have something more than what will get lost in simply memory. And once again, these are training wheels, right? I seriously doubt the prophet Isaiah did this, right? But we, we're learning. And, and we all need training wheels as we're learning, right? I, I'm still doing this. I, I do it constantly um, because it, like I said, it gives me something to, to weigh and to, to, to return to in prayer, to talk about with a friend. Okay, well done. Now, just like I did with the kids, is the Lord 
nudging you to share something that you just heard with us. The proviso is that it probably has to be according to Scripture. And according to Scripture, what we share publicly that we've heard from the Lord must be encouraging, comforting, or for the the strengthening of the community. If you got a critical word about the church, that's cool, but you need to deliver that privately to the leadership because this is a worship service. And so what God would be encouraging you to share publicly with us must be for encouragement, upbuilding, strengthening, comforting, that kind of thing. You feel like they got something from the Lord that they wanted to share? Marcy? Yeah? Okay, let me give you a mic so that everyone can hear you. This is Marcine. Hello. Um, as you were doing the little thing with the kids and then talking, um, I don't know if this author was uh, a fellow I listened to a break forth, like for four or five, no, long time ago. But he took us through the same process. And it the vision he gave me at that time was he was sitting on a, like a lazy boy. Because <laughs> when you said that about the kids, I'm like, oh, this is taking me back. So he was sitting there. My dad had just passed away not long before that. And I was a little daddy's girl and I loved time with my dad, but he was a workaholic. So I didn't have that much. So the vision he gave me was him sitting there and I was a little girl just frolicking in the fields because my dad was a farmer and he was just watching me and delighting in me as his child. And that has been something that he has reminded me of and even added to in the years to come since then. So it is a beautiful thing. And this morning it was more, he wouldn't stay on the throne. It was like he wanted to come down and wash my feet. And so I will go to scripture and say, why? Why would you want to come be this near to me and watch me? That's beautiful. Thank you, Marcin. But there's a lot of, that is all within the bounds of scripture, right? Jesus washes his disciples' feet. And so the, yeah, like you're saying, that, I mean, thank you. So thank you for sharing that. And it, what you have done is led us into a conversation that you're going to keep having with Jesus, right? Very cool. So often what God does is he doesn't give you the whole thing right at once He in, because he's so relational, right? So he invites you, will, will you take the next step and respond to what I just showed you here? Will you keep the conversation going? Well done. Thanks, Marcin. Anyone else? Maridel? Hi, I just wrote three short sentences. God is with you, Jesus is helping you, and your eye will heal. Thank you, Maridel. Well done. Thanks for sharing. This is, God speaks in personal ways to his kids about the things that they care about, right? That's beautiful. 
Okay. Yeah, it started with a picture. His uh, Neil pierced hand, and uh, it was uh, it was there. And I know scripturally it was probably there, but for some reason, I. Hello, can you hear me? What did he show okay. you, Kent? I didn't hear it either. You didn't hear that either? Well, I was pointing to my... Uh, anyway, uh, it was a picture of his hand, and uh, the hole was in, his palm, in the palm of his hand instead of his wrist. And uh, I've been influenced by a lot of Catholics over the years. They've witnessed to me, and actually one of them pretty much led me to Christ. He was born-again Catholic and still a Catholic. So the Lord was kind of messing up my theology with that picture. And uh, then he said, come. And so I said, Lord, I come. And I am going to tell you what to do. And uh, I'm a real here and now guy. And that kind of ruffled my feathers a bit. But uh, that's what I got. So there you go. Thanks, Kent. He's inviting you into more, right? One step at a time. He just doesn't give us the whole picture. I would, I'd really like the whole picture on a number of things. And it's, come find your next step with me. Very good. Thanks, Kent. Noah, do you want to come up? We want abundant life. And we want other people to have abundant life. This is just another story of, from Sunday night where... A couple people heard God's voice and just followed for a little bit. Yeah, so um, I guess over the past couple months, um, before we um, go out and start praying for people downtown, um, we gather in our groups and, and just pray for direction of where to go. Um, and so usually we'll get, um, you know, either a place or a direction. Um, and so... From one of these past Sundays, um, as we were we were kind of praying and and seeing where we should go for that night, um, just kind of heard um, that there was a a man at Seven Eleven who had a black hat on, um, and so we meet at City Hall. So Seven Eleven is right there. So we decided to to head over there first, um, and we had seen a man with a black cowboy hat. And so I approached him and said like, Hey, um, how you doing tonight? And he wanted zero part of us just walked right by. Um, and so we're like, all right, so it's not that guy. Um, and, and so we were kind of, kind of just loitering around around the front of Seven Eleven Um, cause we saw there's a, a guy in the Seven Eleven with a black hat on. So we're like, all right, we're going to try and approach him. Um, and so he walked out, um, and he must've had some sort of appointment or something cause he was moving very quickly and we were not able to catch up with him at all. Um, so we were just like, all right, let's just follow him and see, um, you know, where he takes us. Um, and so we went, um, down, um, down Ross street, um, and got, um, to veterans park on Ross and 49th street, um, and we crossed the street, walked about 30 more feet maybe, and, and heard a loud crash behind us. Um, and I initially didn't know what it was, um, but I looked back and there was um, two cars had 
crashed into each other. One was flipped onto its side against the the street light. Um, and luckily there's a police officer right behind there. So they got ambulances and stuff quick and we didn't need to make any calls, but, um, three of us, we just started praying over, over the situation and, and praying for, for safety and, and for peace. And, um, yeah, I think like what I said to, to Ben in that moment was, um, like God had kind of just led us on, on a rabbit trail, um, of nothingness to, so that we would be, um, there in that moment to pray over the situation. Um, I was really, really powerful to, you know, see such a, a horrible thing, but still be, um, be there to pray and, and let God, um, God do the work there. Yeah. That's cool. Thanks, Noah. God sent a couple of people to pray because he cared. We're, we're learning to hear the voice of God. Yeah, I want to draw closer to Jesus. Absolutely. I want to hear him speak every single day. But we're also learning this for the sake of other people, right? How cool is that? That God sent a couple people just to pray for an accident. It's awesome. Mark Verkler tells this story about as soon as he started learning to hear the voice of God, what he kept hearing was, love your wife love your wife. And his response was, I will as soon as I fix her. And he kept getting, love your wife, love your wife. And so he started loving his wife. And he, he shares quite humorously. He, he says, my, my wife says that her marriage improved greatly when her husband learned to hear the voice of God. Love your wife. It changes relationships because it changes people because we meet the God who loves us and will not leave us the way that we are. We're learning to hear God's voice for ourselves. We're learning to hear God's voice for our marriages. We're learning to hear God's voice for our kids. We're learning to hear God's voice for the city we are going out to pray for. We have a broader discipleship than we have previously thought. So let's step into learning all the different ways to recognize the ways that he's speaking so that we can bless him and bless others. Let's pray. Lord Jesus, we love you. I I love how personal you are. I love the ways that you speak. I, I love the stories that were shared here of how you're speaking personally to people about the things that they care about. I love the way that you're sending us out. I, I love the ways that you have encouraged me through other people and saying, I see you, Ben. I see you. I know you. I thank you for the marriages that are going to be healed and restored. I thank you for the people that are going to come into the kingdom because someone else heard go. Lord, make us more like Jesus who constantly walked in step with the Spirit, who only said what he heard the Father say. Lord, make us like that for the sake of this city, for the sake of your great name, and that we might draw closer to you in deep, deep friendship. Have your way among us. I pray blessings over my brothers and sisters here. 
I pray that there would be new levels of recognition and awareness of all the different ways that you are speaking personally to them. I pray for stories to be multiplied of how lives were touched and people drew nearer to you and things changed because you speak and we're learning to recognize. In Jesus' name, amen. Let's worship. May the Lord bless you and keep you. May the Lord make his face to shine upon you and be gracious to you. May the Lord turn his face toward you and turn up the volume of your recognition. Go in peace, my friends. Be blessed in Jesus' name. Anyone wants prayer or conversation, happy to chat. Have a great week.